Ciao ragazzi! This is Katie Portanova, and you're listening to Florence and Me. I'm a lover of stories and all things Italian, and I'm going to bring you all that in this podcast. My intention is to inspire you to step out of your comfort zone and explore life and travel the world. Join me as I tell you my story and many others about Italy and my love, Florence. Andiamo! Ciao ragazzi! I am back for another episode of Florence and Me. Today, I thought we'd talk about traveling like a local. I recently started looking into what it means to travel like a local since my whole business is based on going where the locals go, going where Italians go. And I thought about it and I searched for it and I actually found another podcast episode that talked about it in um, on another podcast. So I kind of jotted down what what they talked about and also I thought I add my own in as well. So when people decide to come to Italy, visit Italy, to move to Italy, a lot of people express their aspirations of living and doing what the locals do. Now, normally, Italians Italians do what they do just like what you do at home in your hometown. So let's go talk about it, about traveling like a local. And then if I have time and I want to go off on another tangent, as I do, um, we can talk about when we move to a different country and want to be like a local. Um, I first want to tell you a story. So when I was living in Florence between 2009 and 2013, I got really comfortable with my identity as a resident of Florence. And I boasted about it a lot on my blog, a lot. Because it was my dream to be a a resident, to actually have the papers that said I was a resident of Florence that I speak Italian, you know, I, I speak Italian fluently, I can converse with anybody in Italian. And I was very proud of myself because back in 2005, when I first um, moved abroad for three months to learn Italian, that was my first goal, was to learn Italian and to be accepted as an, as a pseudo or adopted Italian, Fiorentina. I I don't know how to say. Um, I was struggling with identity back then. So all I could think about was being an Italian. I wanted to be a Fiorentina. I wanted to be anything other than American. And those of you that are patriotic, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, In the state of the world, in the state of this country, it's obviously you you heard it all. So if you don't want to listen anymore, feel free to stop. Um, but I 
was adamant about everybody seeing me as something other than American. Because when I first moved in 2009, I, I immersed myself with Italians. Yes, I had American friends, but they all spoke fluent Italian. So, but when I was with them, we spoke broken Italianish. Laura would understand. Um, but I mostly focused on speaking with, conversing with, making friends with Florentines or Italians from other parts of Italy. Because I needed to learn more about the language, about the culture, about everything. And in order to do that, you have to let go of the com being comfortable with your countrymen. Like, Florence is full of Americans, full. Expats, students, and it's easy to fall into a pattern of finding those groups of American or English-speaking people. But then you're stuck. You're stuck. And I, I ran into some of those people down the road when I was even, um, when I was a nanny, I was in a, in a language school and the woman in the class was, uh, was a retiree and she just moved to Italy the, like the year before and she spoke no Italian and all she had were American and English friends. And she was trying to learn that language because obviously she moved to Florence. Just because you moved to Florence and you know that there's a lot of English-speaking people doesn't mean you shouldn't learn the language. So she was doing right in trying to learn the language. But I can't even imagine at 60, like I think she was in her 60s, like trying to learn a language from nothing. Like she's never learned. So anyway, I digress. Um, so I, about identity. So I... I hung around, when I decided I was gonna live there permanently, I hung around with only Italians. And every English language school I worked at, yes, there were Americans, English, English, um, New Zealanders, Australianers, um, I mean, I had them all. So I had all these different accents coming at me. So the, the, the pace of my language changed. And as I'm telling you this, I'm, I'm feeling, it's like coming back to me because I remember my intonations, my enunciations of words. I would speak like this to my students and to other teachers. And the flow of the language for me, as I started getting more comfortable with the language and then speaking English with the language, with having the Italian in my blood and in my, in my brain, it, it became like a song for me. So anyway, so my, it's hard for me to just talk about completely because I really feel like I, I let go of the American part of me and I embrace the Italian part of me because I am part Italian on my grandmother's side. So I really believed this is where I belonged. And the story I was going to tell you at the beginning as I went off on a tangent, as I do, um, is I remember specifically trying to not make myself known as American. Example. I had a, a bunch of French tourists come up to me in Piazza del Duomo one day 
and they were asking me in broken Italian where to find this gelateria. And I knew where it was. And so I said it in, in Italian. Allora andate di là, dritto, poi sinistra, poi destra, e lì. And I didn't even think about, you know, going into English, because as French, as I know mostly French people don't speak English, but the fact that they understood me, one, two, they didn't hesitate to be like, oh, she's a very nice Italian, uh, like, they were like, grazie, eh, sei molto gentile, you're very nice, and it was, it was incredible. I had like a high from it, because I was accepted and known as an Italian in that moment without, because they didn't know where I was actually from, right? I didn't have American on my forehead. Another story I have, I was on one of those, um, those of you that know Florence, there's these sea buses that go through the city center. They're really tiny buses. They look like little micro machines. I was on this bus going towards Porto Romana on the other side of um, Florence, more towards um, Piazzale Michelangelo. And I, I noticed these Americans trying to converse with the um, bus driver. Okay, another tidbit, okay. Do not ask the bus driver for directions to tourist attractions. They are not tour guides. They will not help you. Unless they're really nice, then they will. But they don't speak English. If they do, it's broken English, but a lot of the times they don't want to talk to you. That's why they have that plastic thing in front of them. Um, so because they they looked really frazzled, I I spoke to them in a broken English, faking the fact that I heard I was American. I don't know what you would think of me. I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't care what you people think of me <laughs> and are listening, but I took on this identity that I wasn't, I wasn't American. I'm like, no, I'm not American. I'm, I live here. I'm a resident here. I'm an Italian here. Um, again, this was towards the beginning of my, my time living in Florence. So it was, Again, like I said, identity crisis. Who am I? Am I American? Am I Italian? Am I both? What do I want to be? I want to be Italian. That's why I'm here. That's why I have this residence card. That's why I have my carta d'identità. Like, there are a lot of things. I had a friend say to me once when I told him about this, and he said, he said something to the point of like, you should be proud of where you're from and proud of where you are and something of that frame. And you shouldn't be ashamed of that you're American. But I was adamant by saying, no, I'm ashamed. Look at all these wars. Like Italians look at us really badly, guys. Like <laughs> when Saddam Hussein was killed, killed or ambushed or whatever happened I was in Florence and they were all looking at me going what is wrong with Americans why do why do you guys always have to come in and make havoc and create havoc and create war and I'm like I don't know I'm not in the government <laughs> I don't know and 
it's it's that worldview that opened my mind to how the world sees us. And so, again, my episode was about traveling like a local. Right now, I'm just telling you my experience of being a resident of Italy, a resident of Florence. Um, one of the things that I think just to keep in mind when you are traveling, that people know you're American, hands down. Know you're American if you're speaking loudly. They, they just know. And they expect Americans to be disrespectful. Because in Florence, I saw a lot of disrespectful people. Um, the cultural differences are, 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 are grand between Italians and Americans and how you present yourselves in public and how you carry yourself and how you consume alcoholic beverages. Like there's a lot of things that are different between the two cultures. And again, I'm talking more of the younger generation than I am the older generation, but I've seen both. And it's not just Americans, it's Irish, it's English. I've seen wedding parties go out of control on the streets of Florence, like on both, like all English speaking countries, <laughs> New Zealanders, Australians. I've seen all of them act like assholes, basically on the streets of Florence. And a part of me was always very hurt by that because I was in that group. Like I am... Um, I probably was disrespectful in 2002 when I was a student. I, I probably was um, looked at badly because we were loud and we were drunk and we were acting idiotic and we were probably rude to wait staff. Like, I, I'm sure. But I think that's where my identity crisis happened when I started living there because I didn't want to associate or be associated with those types of people. Not necessarily all Americans, but the culture of America, I didn't want to be associated with. Anyway, so that was, that's the, this is the beginning of that starting tra to travel like a local. So the, the question I'd ask you when you are deciding to come to Italy and you're like, I want to go where the locals go. I want to go to um, something you read in Rick Steves. I don't know. Something. Okay. Just so you know, if it's in Rick Steves, it's probably not a local place. If it's in any type of guidebook or um, TripAdvisor, it's probably not a local place. And now that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Don't don't act like, oh shoot, Katie said it's not good. No, it it's fine. If it says local dishes, probably is. But as I continually say on this podcast, if it has pricing as uh, is the men if the menu is a tourist menu if it says tourist menu it is not a local place or it's not a hidden gem or it's not a you know usually those places that you're talking about are not in city centers 
Like they are on the back streets of uh, behind Santa Maria Novella. Like they're, they're ones that I can think of right now that you'll never find in a guidebook. You might find in some, but not, you won't go to it because it won't look enticing to you. And these are simple places, simple. Anyway, if it's something that you want to see, it's not just, I'm thinking of restaurants, so that's what is in my head. Um, think about the question, like, what are you hoping to achieve in going to this local place um, to travel like a local? What, what is it that you're looking for? For me, I was looking for connection. And I was looking for um, a story. Like, I was looking for something to mm, tell when I get home. Like, this awesome place has catacombs and the Etruscans live there. Like, those types of stories. Like, those are awesome. Like, like right now what I'm doing for my wine club I'm reaching out to all the vineyards and saying, hey, can you give me a detailed history of your vineyard and your family that started the vineyard? Because I want my clients to know where you came from and what, how it started. Because that story entices people. That story sells their wine. And that story brings people to their vineyard to see these beautiful views. Um, so yeah, so think about why you want to travel like a local. And again, it's not bad to travel like a local. It's not a bad thing. Um, and it's not a bad thing if, if it's something that, you know, everybody wants to go to. It's not a bad thing. And what are you hoping to achieve as you travel like a local? Are you looking for connection? Are you looking for somebody to, like, talk to you in Italian? Um, are you looking for a story? You know, are you looking for um, inspiration? Whatever that may be. Um, and number two, um, this one's good for people that are of a higher class. Um, this was something I did not think about until I listened to this other podcast, but um, dial down your lifestyle, your privilege, meaning don't wear if you if you are one to wear a lot of like high end stuff Gucci Prada if you're always you know dressed to the nine I mean if you're in a place where it's, where you where you should like if you're at, at Pitti Uomo which is the fashion show in Florence yeah you fit in right right well when you fit in there pretty well but if you're going to like small towns in Tuscany or in Calabria or in Puglia and you're dressed like a movie star or or if you're you know expecting a lot out of the people that are serving you you know dial it down you don't need to um if if you're put on if you're putting yourself into that space of like look at me I'm I have a lot of money or I deserve service I deserve xyz whatever if it's in that that persona that you have um you're not going to connect with the locals. And if your goal is travel like a local, you're not going to connect with them. Because they look at you up and down and they're like, okay, and, and she just was very rude to me or he just threw a five euro bill at me. Like, and again, these are real people that have done these things. So dial it down for connection. You know, dress a little bit more modestly. 
um, if your true goal is to live or to travel like a local, you won't put yourself in a box that shows people that maybe you're not approachable, especially if you're wearing, you know, Gucci and Prada and, you know, you're not really nice to the service or you're rude to the hotel staff, whatever that might be. Um, embrace discomfort. I love this one. I love this one so much. So when you travel like a local or you travel, you want to travel like a local, you, you, you are always searching for something comfortable. What is that? Probably somebody speaking English, right? Or you look at the menu and you're like, oh, okay. It's something I know. Oh, it's ragu. I know what that is. I know what that is. Like that's comfortable. I remember the first time I saw the word bongole on the menu and I'm like, what the hell is that? And koltse, koltse. I'm like, what is, what is koltse? And my friends that I was with, they're like, oh my God, they're like the most amazing things in the world. You have to have them. And I was so scared. I'm like, well, what are they? What is it? Oh my God. Well, they're clams and mussels. I'm like, oh, and I've never before Italy, I had never, ever, 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 ever had clams or mussels in my life. Never been in contact with them. That day on the seaside in Puntala with my friends, I, re I will always remember, it was the most delicious meal I had ever had. And to this day, if clams or mussels are on the menu, I go back to that time and it's just with great love and um, happiness because those friends said, get uncomfortable, eat it, it's good. So don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. Again, opens yourself up to connection. Open, it opens yourself up to um, asking questions. What is that? How did they catch them? And what's the sauce? Like, oh dear God, they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's great. So embrace being uncomfortable. Especially in places where you don't understand anybody. Try to understand. Can I tell you another story? It doesn't matter. You can't say yes or no. Um, <laughs> I remember when I first understood an Italian without asking, without hesitating, okay? I was in Joshua Tree Pub, Joshua Tree, Tree Pub, <laughs> and a friend of mine was asking me who's taking me home in Italian. And immediately I said, Simone. And then I thought back, I'm like, oh my God, what did he just say? How, why can't, I, want it, I want him to repeat it. And that was me fully embracing discomfort. Because I could have easily just said, excuse me, uh, scusa, non ho capito. In that moment, I was like, Simone. Ah, okay, okay, bene, bene, bene. Because he wanted to, he wanted to take me home if I if I needed a ride, and I'm like, those moments, I always will remember the moment when I didn't have to think twice about understanding what was coming out of my friend's mouth because I understood the language. My brain was like, ding, you got it. It was amazing. 
Okay. Instead of trying to be a local, which is what I was doing when I was living there, but different story, okay? <laughs> People watch. So if you're really trying to be a local, meaning like I'm going to go to the best bar, the best cafe, the best the, the, the restaurants that all the locals to, try to people watch and see what people do. Piazzas are a great place for that. There's plenty of older men that sit there and play cards. There's um, older women that sit out with the cats from the, of the neighborhood. I mean, sit and watch. And I want, I'd like you to tune into how you feel. How does it make you feel to observe the locals? Are you a person that likes to lean into that? Again, discomfort if you were thinking about approaching them? Or are you somebody that wants to shrink back into themselves? And you're like, oh, it's uncomfortable watching them, but like, I wanna be them, but I, I don't wanna watch them. Like, no. Observing people is the best way to understand a culture, especially when you're visiting. Because you are out and about in prime time days, 11 a.m., uh, 6 p.m., like when everybody's going from the cafe to the peritivo, like you see all walks of life when you're in a piazza. You see mothers with the babies in the strollers going to pick up the older kids, like from school. Just try, try to do that. Tune into how you feel. How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? And the next one to how to travel like a local, be curious. Be curious of everything around you. Like a, like a small child. Be so curious. Ask questions. And set aside your own, your own worldview. Set aside all the perceptions and the, the projections and everything that from your home country. Set it aside. Look for places to connect with the people, with the architecture, with the churches. If you've listened long enough, you know my church, Santi Apostoli, on Borgo Santi Apostoli, right near the Arno River. It is my church. I say my church. One day I would really like to have like an itty bitty ceremony in there with me and Stefano, but that's, I digress, I digress. Um, that church was completely underwater during the 1966 flood. The only thing that was not underwater was the roof. And I, when I look at that church, I look like, I look at it as if it's a person that's been through a lot Because those frescoes took a long time to restore, and there's some that they're still restoring. And um, and it's it's such a simple church. There's really there's a della Robbia in there. There's um, something from a relic from the um, Easter celebration in there. Um, I won't go into that. There's just something about this church that can't, I can't 
I can't not talk about it as it as if it's a person. Because that church was there for me every day when I was there. Every day. I looked for a place to connect when I couldn't connect with friends and with family, and that church was always there. That church never closed its door on me. I always knew when to go when the doors weren't closed. <laughs> um, so look for places to connect. Because if I didn't meet that church in 2002, I don't know if I would still be going back and forth and trying to move back now with my husband to Florence, to Tuscany, because that church really was a, was a, what would I want to say? Like, um, it held me. It was, it was a rock. It, it was, it supported me. And I've said this many times in these episodes prior, like, I would go in there any time I felt lost and any time I needed reassurance and any time I just needed to cry because I didn't know where the, what the fuck I was doing with my life. All the men sucked. <laughs> All my friends were too busy. Like, I, everything and anything I had problems with, I shared it with the church. And the church took it, held it, and let it go for me. So be curious. Be curious about everything around you. And again, if you're not visiting Florence, in Bologna, in Milan, in Venice, in Ferrara, in Parma, wherever you're going, be curious. Because it's amazing when we open ourselves up to the world around us. You see things in different ways. You see things with from different points of view. You see how people outside of your culture view life. And just like my famous, I want to say, he won't. He doesn't know he's famous. But the fact that some of you talked to ask me about Pasquale, my famous friend Pasquale says, "Let me see your eyes." Let me see your eyes. Take off your glasses. Let me see your eyes. Because that's how he visions, he sees people in their eyes. Not through sunglasses, not with, you know, without eye contact. That's He can't see people. So be present, be curious, and be willing to see a diff, in a different way. Be willing to see somebody in a different way. And ask so many questions when you want to travel like a local. Ask as many questions. People of, especially Italians, they love talking about their history. They love talking about their family and how they, 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 they built this farm or this vineyard or how did they start renting this beautiful house. Up. Ask them so many questions. Don't stop. It shows that you're interested and that you care. And the last one 
about traveling like a local is get off the beaten path. So even if you've been to, again, I'm just going to use Florence as an example. You've been to the Uffizi, the Bobli Garden. You went to Fiesole. You went to um, the Academia. You went to San Marco. You went to uh, the Duomo. You went inside the Duomo, the Baptistry. You, you climbed up the Duomo. Go somewhere else outside of Florence. Search for a city that interests you. Go to the city of Kenesol. Uh, um, go to Santa Brigida. It is a beautiful town. It's a tiny town, but it's just something to see. Go to um, San Casciano Val di Pesa. Go to Greve Chianti is, is well, well visited, but maybe go to Rada Chianti. Or go to um, Castiglione Fiorentino, where I went with Chelsea. Like, visit some place that will open your eyes even more. Like, you're not expecting the beauty that is Castiglione Fiorentino. Like, I cannot wait to go back. Yeah. Don't overlook the popular places. Obviously, go to the places that you have had on your bucket list. Go to Venice. Go to Cinque Terre. Go to Rome. Go to Siena. Go to... Um, Assisi, um, and just because others are already going there, or there's going to be a whole shitload of people, it's not inauthentic. Because I hear a lot, you know, I don't want to go where a lot of people are going. Okay, I'm going to take you to Florence. There's going to be a lot of people there, but I'm going to take you to some special places that I know. It's not inauthentic to be where everybody is. Because where everybody's going is not always the same place. Meaning, I'm going to take you to Santiago Apostoli, but it might mean nothing to you. But it means something to me. It might mean a lot to somebody else if we just go to the Duomo and that's what, okay, good. I don't have a good feel. I, I mean, I'll take you to the Duomo. I'll show you where it is. You can wait in the big long line. It's great. It's a beautiful church. But that's not where my heart is, and that's not where I feel at home. But that's not bad. It's not a bad thing. I don't I, I I feel equal about both places. I just prefer the 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 latter. I prefer Santi Apostoli than than the Duomo. Because the Duomo is a beautiful church. A beautiful, beautiful church. Next episode I'm gonna talk about Brunelleschi's dome and how he made it, because it's amazing. Just know that if you want to go to Mercato Centrale, but you heard, oh my God, there's a shitload of people. I don't want to go there. I want to go where nobody's at. If nobody's at the place that you're at, it's probably the wrong place. Okay. If you go to a restaurant and nobody's in there, that means that restaurant is probably not very good. Okay. So it's not inauthentic. You are authentic. You are doing what a guidebook told you or a friend told you to go to. I'm telling you to go to Mercato Centrale because it's beautiful now. They, they've redone the, redid the second floor. There's a huge food hall. It's amazing. And below is amazing as well with the cheese and the, and the, the other markets. There's like uh, sandwich shops. It's beautiful. And, it, and it's a relic. Yes, please go. <sighs> so... 
Yeah, so I've, I, coming up to, um, let's see, how many days now? 57 days until I'm in Italy again. My first retreat, I'm very excited. I have a lot of anticipation, a lot of, a little bit of anxiety, trying to make sure I make it beautiful and fun and relaxing all in the same. But I just can't wait to like show people these these amazing places. I can't wait. Okay, so I am gonna end this with um, a little ditty. Just kidding, I'm not singing. Um, I'm gonna end this with know that I have some new retreats on the docket for next September. Um, one will be from September 2nd through the 9th, and the other one will be September 11th through the 18th. And September is a beautiful time of the year, by the by, in Italy. So if you want to get on that wait list, I don't have pricing yet. I'm still working on pricing and planning what I want to plan for those weeks. Um, there are going to be two different types of retreats. One week um, is going to be couples slash singles. I haven't decided. And the second week is going to be full-on women's retreat, yoga, meditation, um, a lot of really cool activities to do, to be present, to be, to be um, immersed, to be relaxed, to be everything. Um, so if you want to get on that wait list to be the first to know when those pricing and those, um, I, uh, itineraries come out, get on the wait list, go to, um, trulyitaly.tours backslash Tuscany retreats or Italian Tuscany retreats. Just go to my, um, menu, work with me and go to Italian travel retreats. And then also my wine club is in full swing. In the sense, full swing, meaning I'm accepting all emails here for the wait list. That is going to open in January 2023, maybe a little bit before as well. Um, so go to um, that page to get on my wait list, um, trulyitaly.tours backslash Tuscan dash wine club, wine dash club. Um, and you will be set. You'll be the first to know. Uh, next podcast, yes, I'm going to talk about, all about Brunelleschi's Dome. I've been talking about it for the last two episodes. And this next one will be about that. I hope to have you here with me. A presto. Grazie. Ciao, ciao, ciao. I am beyond grateful for you listening to my podcast right now. I am so excited to share my journey of living abroad and all my stories of Florence and Italy and all the places in between that I've visited. If this has reached you in any way and you would like to continue, please subscribe now. Also, go check out my website, trulyitaly.tours, for all my travel experiences. Ci si vede. Ciao.